Welcome to the Dipshit Files, episode 61. I'm with Mrs. Scriptkeeper. Hi. I'm Mr. Scriptkeeper. <laughs> and this is what I'm calling a checkpoint episode for our true crime mission, our journey. I don't know what the fuck we're a doing. A checkpoint. It's like a video game thing. We're like, okay, here we are. Where? What are we doing? And we can kind of go back to, I don't know. It's not a very good analogy. But we're going to check out what the hell we've been up to. Okay. And I want to find out you know, where you're at after doing a year of true crime research and yeah. absorbing yourself in this world of uh-huh. darkness because I did that for two and a half years. Yeah, I'm curious about what your experience I'm too. more of a dick. So, you know. <laughs> anyway, let's unpack the file of Mrs. Scriptkeeper and uh, see where she's at in Lovely. a little checkpoint edition of the Dipshit Files. You want my brain to dump its purse out on the desk? Dump it out into the file. Let's open it. All right, so I have a series of questions for you because I think it's kind of fun to figure out, like, you you know a lot about true crime now, Mm -hmm. and we're going to do this podcast for what we'd like to do it for years if Mm -hmm. we can. I mean, Mm -hmm. who knows what the world's going to allow us to do, but things are looking good right now. I'd like to continue forever. So... I will be able to refer to you as an expert throughout most of my life, especially when I retire and should be like, she has to do a podcast about it. <laughs> Ask her about the most obscure shit. She'll tell you. And so let's, but we're here just in the midst of that journey. Mm-hmm. So we're kind of going to enjoy that. Like here's a expert in the blooming. We're well, probably already an expert because before we even started this, you'd been, we'll get there, but like <laughs> many years of this, but right, right. Let's just start with a simple question. Why? Why did you get into true crime? Why do you watch true crime as your main genre? Go to bed to it, like comfort, like Sesame Mm -hmm. Street, Orange Juice, had a bad dream, you go to this. Why? Well, that's an interesting question, actually. And um, it took some time for me to get to be able to answer that question. And it's still my own experience. But I didn't even know to ask myself that question. Um, Really, I hadn't given it much thought. And in this, for those that know me and those that listen to me, they probably figured it out by now. Mm. I'm in this constant pursuit to understand myself, mm-hmm. understand my brain, how it works, why I do things I do. And when I do something stupid, you know, I'll be like, why did I do that? <laughs> Where did that even come from? Or when I make decisions, I'll, I'll reflect back and say, well, why did I choose that? And that's one of the things when it comes to this genre. Why am I so interested in something that uh, a lot of people would consider grisly or abhorrent or just creepy? Why? Why am I interested? Things you want to ignore. Right. So I gave it a lot of thought and I did some research into just, I don't know, I read some articles, some psychology articles and Um, There's been all kinds of studies on this, on people's interests, you know, Mm -hmm. why they go one direction or another. And I found it fascinating that, and I agree with it too, because it fits my archetype, I guess, or it fits my, where my brain is at. Mm -hmm. Those that watch true crime primarily, um, more than at least, like at least once a week, 
or fall asleep to it and mm-hmm. they find it. There's people like me. Yeah. That, oh, it's a- that fall asleep to a true crime show because they are calm. They find it's calming. One aspect of it, it kind of um, is a nod to when you're a child and even previous to, you know, our parents and our grandparents and our great grandparents, they used to tell bedtime stories Mm -hmm. and those bedtime stories they would tell to children were usually dark. (laughs) And so you Kessner's fairy, right? Right. So you would think that, you know, and and I've even made fun of it myself. I'm like, why would they tell a child that story before (laughs) they go to bed? The thing is we're kind of hardwired to find comfort in darkness or be dicks to chitrons. Well, we, both those things, it could be both psychology. Psychologists are saying that we're hardwired. Uh, they think we're hardwired to find comfort in darkness. Hmm. Um, namely because we get to experience that darkness in a safe environment. Hmm. So, um, and I think the, the other aspect that I agree with, wholeheartedly is that individuals with um, like anxiety problems, depression, um, those type of um, mental health issues that mm-hmm. have uh, deep seated anxiety, uh, fear and that sort of thing, they gravitate towards true crime because it one allows them to experience the adrenaline of um, these, these, um, circumstances without being in danger for one Uh, two it also allows them the opportunity to puzzle solve problem solve um, at a safe distance so they're able to actually dive in and I keep using the word they because only part of this pertains to me but this is the psychology behind it they're able to dive into these Challenges, these issues, these abhorrent, uh, dark subject matter, um, and and use a part of their brain that makes them feel like they're being proactive mm. um, helping in themselves helping figure themselves out. exactly yeah. or helping solve the crime, mm. yeah, yeah. and it brings them dopamine, and it basically uh, lowers the effect of anxiety, depression, because dopamine is being served. Is that what you're getting from and when I, you're solving the case kind of thing? I find that, yes. I, first of all, I find that I do have um, challenges with specific fears. And that's something that I didn't really, I hadn't wrapped my mind around until, I don't know, a couple years, five years ago maybe. And the more I examine my brain and examine the way I see the world and how I see the world and all of that, I find if I'm honest with myself, I find these little areas where I'm like, well, that that's a fear. So where did the fear come from? And, you know, it's, it's all understanding yourself. And right. I think I think as humans, we're, we're we all do it. So you're leaning into your fear. I'm, kind of I'm, I'm leaning into in my a controlled way, I guess. Yes. I'm leaning into my lack of control. Mm-hmm. I'm leaning into the things that make me nervous, make me uncomfortable because of past trauma. And so I, if you would have asked me that question 10 years ago and be like, I don't know, I have no idea. I just like it. It's interesting. What do you say to people that, that I don't mean to cut you off, but that, uh, are appalled by the gore that comes with that. 
and, the, and they see something they kind of take they see the gore and they see you finding joy in it and they mm -hmm. might associate those things with you and that's gonna be right. kind of weird but well the 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 issue with that is i don't like the gore either okay um i i don't that's why podcasts are probably so popular in this, this right. genre is because well, I'm not, you don't have to look at it. I have to look at crime scene photos to, to, to truly understand the victims and to understand the perpetrators. You're trying to make a mental picture of and this I, whole... It's a puzzle. Okay. You have to put the pieces together to understand how uh, you know a leads to b leads to c Ten thousand people's brains just clicked and went yeah absolutely or not click. they just agreed <laughs> with you they're like duh that's exactly it the challenge is it's hard to look at because nobody likes to see the things that are supposed to be inside our bodies on the outside mm -hmm. that oh, man. it doesn't oh, matter sure. what it is yeah. even if it's it, blood doesn't matter i don't even like to see a car have its shit right. thrown out it's just it's, all it's again unless you're a total psychopath it triggers anxiety it triggers um shock it, it and all of these things we know inherently are bad mm -hmm. we know that it has a negative effect on our brains and we experience that collectively as a group when we see these things however most people who are diving into true crime and looking at crime scene photos which is what you're talking about with the gore um, they're able to, I don't want to say separate, but kind of separate themselves from the reality of what they're seeing and look at it like a puzzle. Mm -hmm. um, now, there's an argument out there, and it's a valuable, valid argument, that individuals that dive into uh, true crime to the point where that's pretty much all they watch because that's the genre that they're attracted to, mm -hmm. there's an argument that they're desensitized. Okay. Uh, to um, the ugliness in the world. Right, but then and there's a lot of people that are nurses and doctors. I was going to say. Those kind of people that they're natural, mm -hmm. they're, but they're very useful people. So, right. I, mean, I don't even want to say useful. I want to say super valuable. No, like I get Having it. that mentality and being able to step in when things, right. most people are appalled. Appalled? Appalled. <laughs> I understand what you meant. Yeah, I was trying to get an A word. I got, out. I got I you. I got you. Thank you. <laughs> I appreciate you. But so, I mean, you have a nursing background. Mm -hmm. You have a doc. You have a medical background mm -hmm. in general. Mm -hmm. There's got to be a correlation there, right? But it, I mean, it's not going to be 100. percent It's not going to probably even be 50 percent of the right. people that listen. So, well, see, having that medical background, we can go even further. There is, um, you know, as a child. Uh, I experienced some things, saw some things, and personally experienced a few things that I found very scary or they were traumatizing, they were damaging to my brain, um, I guess, if I would have allowed them to be. Now, even as a child, I knew that I had to take a certain view on these things, mm -hmm. especially the things that happened to me, and understand that I had no control over what happened mm -hmm. and all I can do is move forward from here and at eight years old that was the aspect that I had to God, take what a grown-up <clears throat> thing to think at eight years old so and I knew I knew that you know I have these memories of and what I'm speaking of for the the listeners that may not know I think if you have listened to past episodes we did cover this but I was mauled by a, uh, a family pet it was a, a wolf dog. It a was wolf a hybrid. It was a wolf hybrid when I was eight, and uh, it was very a big dog. It was a very traumatizing. Um, yeah, pretty pretty much damaged a lot of things. But 
um, I grew from that. And as a young child, I had to kind of quantify (laughs) what I experienced, how I was going to move forward. Am I going to be afraid of dogs now? Mm -hmm. And I remember being a little kid wondering, okay, am I supposed to be afraid of them now? (laughs) Having that thought, wow. And I... Crossroads. I sat at the back door and saw Kaya, our dog, out mm-hmm. in the backyard, and I watched her for a while. And I didn't. I wasn't afraid of her. I did feel unaccepted by her, mm-hmm. and I did feel like I no longer belonged in the backyard, even though that was my space. Um, to this day, my backyard is my space. Right. I live out there as long as it's not snowing. Right. And um, you bond with all your animals too. Yeah, it's a different process as an adult. And so as I, you know, eight-year-old little girl with a face full of stitches, you know, uh, sutures and head wrap and jaw wired shut and shit, you know, I'm watching this dog going, yeah, I don't, uh, I, I, I'm not afraid of her, but I, I don't want to be around her. So I wonder it was a crossroads. You're right. And I had to make that choice. And I did. And I've never been afraid of dogs. In fact, I'm was less afraid of dogs after the attack than prior because so much self-examination had to take place. Yeah, you're like, I'll never, I'll never go into a situation exactly unprepared like that. Exactly. Yeah. And that leads us into why I watch true crime. Okay. Now, f- moving forward, other aspects of my life experiences that I've had as um you know, uh, an adolescent and as an adult, we all experience things that, you know, are, are less than stellar. Yeah. And when you do experience those, those things, you have to quantify those as well and, and put them somewhere in your brain. And am I going to be afraid now? Uh, how do I avoid this from happening next time? Cause I don't want to experience that again. Uh, do I need to change the way I see the world? These questions, whether you're consciously asking yourself these things or not, you're still, you're still, you're still sifting through them in your subconscious. Yeah. So with that, my lack of control over many situations led me to seeking control, seeking understanding. And the only way to control is to put yourself in situations without danger by watching true crime, um, really, for me. And being able to find out what to avoid, what are the signs, what are the flags, mm-hmm. how can I spot a, you know, a, a manipulative person? How can I spot a dangerous, violent person? What, what am I looking for? A. B. How do I defend myself and avoid these situations so I don't find myself here? Because I found myself in a couple of situations where, honestly, I couldn't really have avoided them. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's not like they were terrible. I'm still here. But I couldn't really have avoided them in the moment. But I'd never wanted to experience those things again. And so I wanted to, uh, what, arm myself with knowledge and yeah. understanding. The thing is, I have found more and more that through my personal experiences and through watching these shows, the, the, the majority of victims are women, mm-hmm. for one. My, yeah. And two, the majority of the victims, quote unquote victims, 
couldn't have done anything different. It's not like, and I'm talking a good, and I'm just spitballing on a statistic here, and it's, you know, subjective, it's just my opinion, but like 85% at least could not have done anything different. They couldn't have uh, avoided this situation. So the victims of these violent crimes, um, most a lot of people, I hear people say, well, if she just would have done this, or if she just wouldn't have done that, or her lifestyle led to this and that, that's bullshit. Yeah. It's, it really yeah, it's like is bullshit. It's because like, well, chose to be a logger. In, in, order, in order to make that statement, you have to be able to quantify it on the flip side. You know, okay, so to, to state that this one lifestyle leads to this and and it's her fault this happened to her because she was doing this, you need to it be takes able... Takes away the, the, the criminal's right. responsibility. Well, you have to be able to, pr- to prove that that one, whatever that action was, lifestyle, whatever, you have to be able to prove that that is the reason why. If you're going to make that statement, it has to be proven that everyone who does that experiences this. Right. And if we're kind of talking do, about... Do you know what I mean? Yes. And everyone who doesn't do that will not experience this thing. And you can't because no, they do. it's ridiculous. Yeah. Yes. Really, when I look at sex work, mm-hmm. that's kind of what we're talking about. This mm-hmm. is the most dangerous profession mm-hmm. for women. And... I always look at it like this is government's fault. This is the people not not saying, "Hey, we should not make this illegal because we right. can protect these people. We can get these people help. We right. can screen for STDs, get mm-hmm. healthcare in there. There won't be pimps. Mm-hmm. There will be like these women will be private contractors. They'll be able to do the thing they're going to do anyway, mm-hmm. but safely and stuff. Right. And so whenever I hear about all these things, it's like, well, these women are doing what they're just like. You want to be a logger, mm-hmm. you know? Maybe they don't want to do this, but mm-hmm. this is a thing that. You know, maybe not a lot of loggers want to be loggers mm-hmm. uh, necessarily. Uh, they're going where the money is, where the opportunity is, where other people won't go, mm-hmm. and that kind of thing. Same thing, and it's like we're making it dangerous by right. not protecting I, them. I agree. And just by pointing our fingers at them because right. we're a very, very prude nation. I think it's. I think we're it's a weird a, nation. I think it's a terrible thing. Yeah. I think sex work should be like anything else, any other service out there. Yeah. Um, you get your nails done, you go and get pedicures, you get massages, you get mm. facials, they cut your hair, yeah. they do your fucking laundry, they cook your food, uh, you know, yeah. they suck your dick. <laughs> I think it's just, it should be. It's not going to be perfect <clears throat> because it's sucking dick. It's not going to be like having your nails done where it's going to be in and out, everything's great. Well, you know, there will be <clears throat> weird well, stuff. But The weird stuff is because of our view on <laughs> sex as a nation. You know, yes, we are. We've got confused as fuck, man. We've got a really really weird, you know, it's very strange as people. Yeah, it's a very interesting thing, but we're not here to talk about sex. We're here to talk about true crime, but it's, it's interesting. I wonder, okay, so you have a medical background Mm -hmm. and you had a dog attack where you were in the medical world and you saw, Mm -hmm. you know, things that you had to think about things that kids don't normally see. That was my first experience. And that after that, I wanted to become a doctor. Right. Uh So I wonder, I mean, I don't even know if there is a correlation between this because the gore, as I was trying to bring up, Mm -hmm. it just doesn't really mean what it means to somebody because you don't watch thrasher movie or, you know, I don't watch horror movies. No. Not, I've never, hardly ever have I ever seen you watch a horror I movie. I have in the past because, right. you know. But it's not something you seek out. I do, I, yeah, it's not something I do on purpose. Right. So the, the violence, the blood and stuff doesn't really appeal to you. Mm-mm. But the other thing I wanted to ask is like, 
and so I, I guess I see some kind of connection there that probably isn't even there. But what's uh, up? Well, the the desensitize, you know, like you were saying, mm-hmm. being desensitized to uh, the sight of blood a little bit, mm-hmm. and so make mean it's off limits to some people. Like mm-hmm. I won't watch that shit, especially if I'm eating. I'm like, man, oh, that looks like ketchup to me. I'm done. Right, you know, that right. Kind of thing. And that's where my dumb brain is. Mm-hmm. But because you've you've already had to have these really adult things going on, and you've seen your own blood a lot, and you've mm-hmm. seen stitch, you've seen all these things happen. Mm-hmm. Uh, now you can just get the information about this really interesting field of human psychology and stuff. Mm-hmm. It's not, you know, blah, blah, blah. Uh, but I also want to ask about the, so that was my point and there wasn't really a question at the end, but well, I did want to bring up, I want to, up, to uh, I want to speak to desensitization really quick. Okay. Um, crime scene photos. Uh, if I allow it to, will bother me. Um, but I don't allow it because there is a reason why I'm looking at them mm-hmm. now active human suffering Mm. i can't i can't uh active living the suffering of life i can't so um as an example if i'm scrolling through social media and i see even uh the uh, the inkling that an animal has been abused or is being abused or is in a bad situation i can't handle that um if i'm scrolling or i come across you know, uh, a child that's been abused or domestic violence situation, anything that denotes suffering, I can't. So I am absolutely not desensitized to suffering and pain, fear. I'm not. Right. Even after 30 plus years of true crime uh, exposure and uh, 20 years, 15 years anyways Mm -hmm. um the medical stuff you know even even my experience there because that really started it's i was introduced to it at eight through a you know unfortunate experience but by the time i was 14 i was pursuing it Mm -hmm. um i went to a school that allowed me to do that and then at 16 i was actively doing it in hospital so, right. you know, that's... That's a running start and a half right there <laughs> into the medical field. You know, so of course, I was just doing, you know, uh, certified nursing assistant stuff at 16, but still. Um, cool. Anyways, I, I, I am not desensitized because <clears throat> I do have a... My Achilles heel is getting online and seeing something that's awful right. I, because it'll affect me. I, I saw stuff... 10 years ago that are that's still affecting me. So, yeah, to say that we're all just desensitized to suffering uh, is not true. Yeah, absolutely. I wouldn't think that. Um, but there is probably a, a knee-jerk reaction towards that if you're not a fan of the genre and you're, you're looking from the opposite kind of field. Well, like, I, can, I can see people thinking it's that. It's because it's an assumption. Yeah. And well. I can't speak to everyone who watches true crime. I'm sure, sure. you know, I'm just speaking about myself. I want to ask about the entertainment aspect of it. Like... You know, these are really good voiceovers, really good, Mm -hmm. uh, generally really well-made documentaries is what they Mm -hmm. are. And uh, they have a formula to them. Yes. Is there, I mean, it's okay to like things that are about dark shit. Mm -hmm. Like most of the movies, most of the music, you know, it's all about dark things. So that's what we do. But, Mm -hmm. you know, it is kind of weird. We kind of on thin ice when you're talking about like i like it because it's entertaining too all these people suffering all these strangers all these right. you know, 2d characters or whatever but i mean what do you what do you like that's not about you know learning is there any do you like the filmmaking or is it 
what no, about it is you know there are certain um programs that i prefer over others um i'm a big fan of anything that a and e puts out because okay. they're uh the i mean the cinematography they're the the way they lay things out their production do you is like it wonderful. when it's like acting like when they reenact stuff? i do not like reenactments okay. because <clears throat> I, we have a friend that's an actor that was in one one time. Yeah. It's like, dude, you're going to be that fucking guy forever now. I know. <laughs> I don't like reenactments uh, for a plethora of reasons, but namely because, in my opinion, uh, I, I find it in bad taste, personally. Mm. Um, you're talking about literally the worst experience in someone's life, literally the worst experience in their family's life, and you're acting it out. Right. I don't watch those. There's craft service tables and <clears throat> I stuff. Know. And I know. Like and that's yeah. <laughs> not something that, it's not that I refuse to. I, I just, I just don't yeah. watch those. And I will sometimes if I want the information because right, I still want to learn. In between it. But it just bothers me. It feels so dirty. Hmm. Um, I would much rather look at these situations from a documentary, not a docudrama. Mm-hmm. So I prefer documentary format. Um, I also, yeah, I mean, I, there's, there is a formula and there is a production that I prefer. Um, I'll listen to podcasts sometimes. I actually have been listening to more and more of those. Mm -hmm. Um, but I'm also very picky about voices. (laughs) Right. Sure. Everyone kind of is. So we all have our flavors. There's right. Well, there's, there's specific vocal quality that I can't, I can't get past. So as much as I want the information, because the information is valuable, I just, I just can't. Sheesh. I can't. So I won't. Well I'll find it somewhere else. But well, yes. It's a wide world of sports when it comes to podcasting. Lots of, <laughs> lots of options. So there is, to answer your question, yes, there are specific things that I prefer. Hmm. Documentary, 100% of the way. Um, narrators are great as long as their vocal quality is something that I prefer. <laughs> yeah. Well, since we're talking about this, mm-hmm. what's your, what are the, what are the good ones? What's a couple good programs if you know their names or if you, I'm sure. Okay. Yeah. There's a, there's, there's a lot. The most recent one. Top five. You can give me your top two if you want. I don't care. <laughs> Whatever you want. Well, you know, the, the ones there's a, there's a lot of shows out there. The ones at the top, um, that come up first is, uh, of course, Forensic Files. It's been out for a long time. Mm-hmm. There's a new Forensic Files that uh, they've the kind of... The next generation? Kind of, yeah. They've redone that. Okay. Um, the New Detectives is another one, but it's very dated. There's, I mean, we're is talking it? like 94, 97. Okay. <laughs> and I think there's there's some New Detectives, uh, um, the New Detectives that are like early 2000s, but still dated. Okay. Um, American Justice is one that I really enjoy because I like the host. Um, is the narrator a, a big part of it? Yeah, I think so. Um, if I feel like... Uh, Can you give me the backgrounds of three of your favorite narrators in order and alphabetical order? No, I can't. Fuck you, Zach. <laughs> <laughs> and then That's the, a good answer. I like that. Now, now there, there is one show that is fairly new. It's only got a year, maybe two years old, and it's called bloodline detectives okay um and it's a, a new show about using dna nice. to to catch to catch criminals and it's more scientific than the it is very scientific now the only csi the only drawback to this is the host oh i can't throw in the host. shade bro this person lives it's just a person i know oh. it's just not something i don't like the way 
<clears throat> I don't like their vocal quality. Oh, God. I don't like the way they present information. Fuck I, me. And I don't like the drama. That it's just so drama. I don't it's, like the way they part their fucking hair. No, that's not it. I, I don't like the way they cheapen it as far as I'm concerned Ooh. because of the drama. Damn. Okay. The way they present it is Nancy Grace. Oh God. All right. Just yeah. throwing out names. <laughs> we bleep there's, shit here. You, have you heard of defamation? <clears throat> there's so much. This is my opinion. There's <laughs> so much. Um, I don't know. It's drama. But wasn't she an attorney? I have no idea who that human is. Oh, I think so Nan- you don't know who Nancy Grace is. I'm ignorant of it. I don't know. Huh? Oh, I bet if I saw a picture of her, I would be like, "Oh, of course." Oh, okay. I, I think she was a lawyer. Okay. Um. Well, I mean, like, that's she got that going against. I think her. she was a prosecuting attorney. Oof. Um. So she I got think that going against her. Well, and and because of that's probably where her you know flair for drama came from yeah. is you know court. Uh, actually being trial attorney so but anyways bloodline detectives very very interesting there is some docudrama type stuff going on in that uh, i'm not a big fan of but they interview the actual people okay so of all the apps that exist which one would you find to be the most uh true crime friendly like netflix hulu what do you oh um disney plus a lot of true crime on disney plus uh, Nickelodeon app. Hulu is very good. Um, Netflix, no. Nothing really? Um, not, nothing, not that I found. Ooh, you're about to learn. Um, going to share. Hulu we have is a really good one. The other one is um, Paramount Plus. Huh? They got a bunch of true crime. Yeah. I got this question, and I want to ask you about statistics, because you've done some research that we want to learn about. Now that yeah. I feel like we've got an idea as to why you're into it, and uh-huh. you're aware that you're kind of a weirdo for liking it. Yeah. I like how you look into that. <laughs> but now my next... my Did you watch <clears throat> Scooby-Doo ever as a kid? Is I there did. a correlation between Scooby-Doo... I enjoyed Scooby-Doo. ...and true crime? I okay. really liked Scooby-Doo. Is Scooby-Doo, like... I think we've talked about this before. It's up there with your, you know, favorite cartoons, right? Yeah, I liked it. I liked Scooby-Doo a lot. Okay. So, so are these like adult Scooby-Doo's? Is that what it is? Maybe, maybe. <laughs> I do have a proclivity for puzzles Yeah. Uh, and mysteries. So this is Scooby-Doo plus Sudoku plus gory, bloody <laughs> Plus murder. Saw 2. Yeah. Saw 2. <laughs> okay, fair. All right, time for some stats. Okay. I would like to hear what you, I mean, you've got a bunch of stuff. Teach well, there's, about there's some interesting um trying to basically traveling down the journey of trying of self-reflection trying to understand why i do what i do and you know mm-hmm. um i wanted to know how weird i was and how much <laughs> of an island i was and i'm not an island you're uh, a little biased it though. turns out you're like i'm not weird i, I did the well, research <laughs> the statistics are interesting so as an example um the majority of true crime uh, listeners, watchers, consumers, they're women, mm-hmm. which I found fascinating. Mm-hmm. Uh, 58% of women report they like true crime. 58%. It's got to be That's near huge. The, they're the victims in a lot of these. So you're, well, that's, you're saying. That's just sense. it. You know, it's, it's ironic. Yeah. Um, so that was, I, I was fascinated about that. So... I wonder if people, are, women feel like kind of a little island. It's like, I need to learn about this stuff, but where do you learn about it besides right. these and shows that's, and podcasts? I think a lot of the time, um, well, I think we like puzzles. We like to solve solve things. We also like to feel empowered. Yeah. We like to feel like, uh, you know, I don't know, that we kind of um, basically armed ourselves with something to protect ourselves in the you future. You can see these yeah. psychos coming. Exactly. Yeah. Well, Even that's, the and sly that's, ones. Yeah. 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 
So there was some really interesting statistics as far as um, just true crime in general. So they did a poll um, of the percentage of U.S. adult citizens um, who watch true crime. And they polled, you know, certain aspects of of true crime uh, shows. So as an example... Um, this, this, when it comes to the subject matter, this one, this, the graph that I'm uh, looking at here. Yeah. So as far as subject matter, it ranges from murder, serial killing, kidnapping, domestic abuse, sexual assault, organized crime, robbery, corruption, drug trafficking, fraud, financial crime, and hacking. Okay. So out of all of those subject matters, we're only going to touch on a few here, but I found it really interesting. So if, if you go to murder. Just the subject of murder in true crime. 43% of those that watch that show or are are attracted to that subject matter, Uh 43% are men. 60% of women. Okay, so more women are interested in murder. Well, 60% of of, uh, women viewers. So out of all the women viewers who watch... um, you crime know, true crime, stuff. 60% of them will prefer, will be gravitate towards murder. Okay. 43%, dudes. 43% of the men will gravitate towards murder. Hmm. Now, you know, and there's a bunch in here. The thing I found really interesting is w- right in the middle, where men and women almost meet in the middle, um, is organized crime. So true crime shows that focus on organized crime. Really? Uh, 34% of true crime viewers that are men like organized crime 36 compared to 36 wow. that are women so it's only two percent higher yeah in women i wonder if that correlates to like the godfather movies and mm. you know, it might if if it's mean it feels like it's mainly men that watch those movies but maybe not right well you know and i find it uh really interesting the closest really is uh at the bottom of the list the hacking so true crime that has to do with hacking, mm-hmm. uh, 20% men, 21% women. Nice. So they're almost even. Nerds. Right. So I don't know. I find D-D-D-D-D. it I find it really interesting. Um, I don't want to bog everyone down with stats. Give me, give me one more. <laughs> well, so there was a basically an overarching uh, statistic that was, um, it was a poll declared in 2022 that half of Americans enjoy consuming content from this genre. Half. Half. Right. And 13% will go as far as to say it's their favorite. Makes sense. So basically half of the U.S. is watching this. Right. This kind of... Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, it's... incredible. It's it's kind of... I don't know. I found it really interesting. So we're all kind of... Uh, we want to know what the hell our right. neighbors are up to. Yeah. And the more crazy and wacko, we're like, we got to know about that. Right. Like, it's, okay, fine, you're a weirdo, and you've got, like, it's you're like, running okay, a card the, game out of your basement. Right. That's the, whatever. The crazier, the better. Yeah. The weirder, the better. Yeah. The scarier, the better, because I'm better prepared in the event that I face this. Yeah. Because I have experienced it um, at a safe distance already. Right. For, in comedy, mm-hmm. like, because true crime has this little area where comedy can sit, too, where time suck lives and, you know, where we try and do stuff on dipshit files from time to time. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's this interesting place because, I, I don't know, you, it's, you're gravitated towards this dark stuff. And I think most people don't want to laugh when they're doing this stuff. Mm-hmm. And so that's another genre of this 
that I've found too. Because when I was working for Time Suck, it was just an interesting like look at the United States and beyond because it's mm-hmm. such a huge audience of all walks of life and whatnot. And uh, I don't know, like those are my people for sure where it's like you look at the world and it's really dark and you're like, wow, I want to learn more. But I really need to break this up with like a, a poop joke. Mm-hmm. If someone could pull <laughs> the, get the dick out, right? It would be good. But mm-hmm. um, I don't know. I, I've found. I guess we all just we all gravitate kind of to what the fucking what's the craziest shit in this sandbox that we're mm-hmm. in. But yeah, the different ways you like a professional, like a calming that you can sleep to voice, mm-hmm. and that makes all the sense in the world. Uh, but then you know some people want a guy screaming about his dick and you know right poopy pants and stuff so yeah it, you know we all digest uh true crime in our own personal way we prefer I wonder what it says about us though i don't know prefer mm. see and i don't want you know i i don't it's not that i don't want it i just don't need my my um my learning the true crime programs that i'm watching i don't need it to be broken up with comedy right it's not something i don't need downtime from it i, I don't see. need to back away from it to reset my brain because if I if I needed that I wouldn't be watching it. Right. Well, you're a, you're like a learner or something. Uh, some of us like to learn like Plato, where it's like we like to make <laughs> I like to make little short stops in between and with a little chuckle. Mm-hmm. And I remember that little chuckle. I'm like, what the hell is he talking about with the fucking thing? And the, 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 what's the thing of the cell and the powerhouse? Oh, mitochondria, because it's funny. Yeah. Aha, remember the joke? Funny. Yeah. <laughs> Boobies. I don't know. So. That's not necessarily how everybody learns. Right. I'm so. just not. I'd like, like I said, yeah. that was the way I prefer it. Yeah. I like it. We both learn differently. Mm-hmm. Uh, but yeah, I'm more, I would lean towards more of a time suck for learning that kind of stuff because mm-hmm. in that comedy realm, mm-hmm. it, I mean, there has to be a distance because by God, I watched Dan mm. go through some like challenges where it's like, this is dark and kind of yeah. recent. Right. Like, I don't want to put, there's no room for humor in this. Right. Right. Uh, but you know, there's, as a comedian, you, and when people tune in because you're a comedian, mm-hmm. you're very tempted to go there. And there's this line and stuff. And mm-hmm. I felt it doing the dipshit files too, where you're like, mm-hmm. I never, I never want to punch victims in the face. Mm-hmm. You know, it's it's easier when they've lived and their grandkids have passed away by now. Right, you know? right, right. That's pretty good, and you can get away with that. And if you listen to Time Suck, some of those are the you get to go off, and mm-hmm. that's where Dan goes off. But Dan is also very, very, you know, brave man, and mm-hmm. he'll he'll push the line. He's right. I think currently today. In the world of podcasting, Dan has probably pushed the line in the mainstream <laughs> way, probably more than most podcasters could ever dream. Right. But uh, anyway, I, I don't know. Well, in that world, there's this, you want to, like, we want to be respectful. Absolutely. But we want to be funny. But we've, I've deleted jokes that I've put out there because it's like, okay, that was a softball, but it's just too much. I mean, I don't know. Yeah. Not virtue me. I'm not patting myself on the back, but where it's just like. This is a weird field, mm-hmm. and, and we want to be respectful, right? So I don't know. I'm not sure how excess, how good I am at that. <laughs> well, I think you, I think you do great. You know what? I, what I find, um, even in watching and listening and reading, so uh, reading research, listening to podcasts, watching these shows, um, there's oftentimes the the victims of these crimes um, are treated with disrespect mm-hmm. even before so it, I mean they hadn't even died they were they were alive yeah um, more recently I'm doing research on um, on a well he wasn't he didn't kill anybody 
Yeah. Um, but he was fucking ridiculous. I'm Mighty doing cut. research on this guy, his kidnapping in yeah. his dungeon. Yeah. So I'm researching this guy. And the reason why he was able to do what he does is because the police didn't believe the victims when he released them. And the statement, quote, was, and because, and the reason I know it's a quote is because a policeman actually was interviewed recently about this case, which is like 20 years old. Um, he's still in law enforcement. He and he did an interview, and he said, "No, I, I, I didn't believe them because uh, at the time in my training, victims of this sort of kidnapping don't survive the attack. They don't survive to be let go. Wow! And because of that, he said, I, I didn't. I had a very difficult time believing her story. Um, and they." Basically, you can the interview was recorded and you can hear him say <laughs> victims like you don't survive. So why are you alive? That's crazy. And that's an awful thing to say to a 14 year old girl yeah. who just escaped after six months of being tied up. Yeah. You know, talk about um, survivor guilt at mm, that point. Right. So there, I guess what I'm trying to say, or at least what I want to say, is there is a fine line in when it comes to true crime shows, mm -hmm. um, whether they're TV shows or podcasts or whatever. Um, there's a fine line between forgetting about the victims and sensationalizing the crime. Right. Um, so I, I do my best. I always want to remember the victims of these crimes. Um I'm not going to dig into their lives and reveal all, right. but I do want to do them. I do want to do it justice because I, I doesn't matter how old the crime is. <clears throat> I, I want the listeners or the consumer of the product that I'm putting out there. Mm -hmm. I want them to at least see that these victims, even though it's obvious they had lives right. because they were human, it's obvious they had a history. But I want them to know the history, mm -hmm. maybe not in you know full detail, but well, there's I'm, something to gain from it for sure. Right. Well, and and I'm going to tell the, everybody. I'm going to tell the story um, of the most important and impactful thing that ever happened in that victim's life. I know, right? So because of that, I don't want that one impactful incident experience to be to encompass their whole life so i try to also add some backstory if i can mm -hmm. on the flip side of that i want to tell the story of this impactful experience this individual had and who did the impactful experience but and i want to go into detail about that person too um but i want i'm going to end up going into more detail about the person who did the act mm -hmm. Because we need to have a better understanding of why, how, you know, how he ended up, she, he ended up. A lot of up, the times it has little to do with the victim's choices. Exactly. Like you were saying Exactly. Yeah. It really has about to, that mind. It has to do the with thing. the mind of the individual who committed the act. Right. And that's why the majority of everything is about that person. Right. And well, I, What do you think about... I'm sorry to interrupt you, but what do you think about those shows like the Jeffrey Dahmer show? I know you haven't mm -hmm. watched it. I haven't watched it. Yeah. No. So, I mean, what do you think of, I mean, there's been a lot of pushback from the families that are alive. People forget that these people are alive still. I, before you answer that, when I worked at Time Suck, there were people that were alive that would reach out that were victims or, you know, uh, children of victims mm -hmm. that reached out to Dan and the Time Suck team. Mm -hmm. on a, and we, we, we even interviewed a couple people 
uh, Dan was able to interview, I think for Killdozer, he interviewed one of the police officers there. Mm-hmm. And he thanked Dan for being, you know, really good with with presenting the information uh, that time, which is really controversial, especially libertarians that love Killdozer. Mm-hmm. But anyway, I didn't mean to cut you off, but uh, I probably totally derailed you. Uh, but they're alive. <laughs> they're, right. The, the fact that, you know, as a podcaster, you can tell that there's some that, that, and I'm not trying to pat ourselves on the back, but there are some people that just don't give a shit mm-hmm. and they kind of tread all over that. Right. Uh, they don't usually do that on TV because they have lawyers that, that know that they're going to get sued. Well, yeah, the, yeah, exactly. But these yeah. po- podcasters we don't know about, mm-hmm. you know, people, it's a wild west and shit. Right. So right. I imagine, I guess I'm trying to say all this to get to the point where it's like, imagine being uh, a person where your, your family's life I do. is this famous shit. Mm-hmm. And I do. It's being misrepresented probably a lot or being sensationalized, like you right. said. So I try, um, I, I do that. I do my best. I can't because I haven't had these experiences, but I do right. my best to put myself in their shoes. And how I would want the information relayed if it were my sister or if it were my own mother. Yeah. Um, and so I do my best to, I guess, remember that with every case that I do. And I also do my best to not sensationalize the person who committed the horrendous act. I want to um, get all the information about that person. I'd like to, you know, even get the evaluation from the, you know, the judicial system, whatever, that kind of outlines maybe how they ended up where they were. Um, Although... (laughs) still an anomaly in most cases we don't really know why people do what they do right um we can speculate but we fucking don't know no. because they don't fucking know no you know so they it's just this thing um the but, scientists that study it they're standing on the shoulders of giants but right they need to have lifetimes that are much longer Ex- exactly 500 so, year old scientists will help us we have ideas <laughs> you know we we have speculations and we have um from what i understand we have educated hypotheses but mm. Uh, and theories, but there is absolutely no check this box here. Mm-hmm. This is why. Right. Otherwise, hundred percent. Otherwise, you can prevent it from happening. Yeah. Yeah. So I did ask you, and then I cut you off. But what what do you think of just without knowing what they did with the HBO Jeffrey Dahmer thing? What yeah. is that when you look at that as a true crime uh, researcher and and you know? I haven't watched the show, so I can't answer that question. I don't know. Okay, so no... I know there's controversy, but I don't know why. Well, that makes me think that, okay, so they can do those well. The the shows, okay. So is it a docudrama? Yeah, that's what I think it is. I'm pretty sure it's... They act it out? Yeah, the main character is Jeffrey Dahmer. So they're following him. So it's a movie. Basically, but I think it's a series type thing, yeah. Oh, uh, yeah. I I don't know. I don't know. Okay. I haven't watched it. Right, but I guess what I'm trying to ascertain is like, when you see people fictionalize or try and tell you know because hollywood's not going to tell a story real they're going to try and tell a story mm-hmm. that is a story so mm-hmm. people will watch it more and more and pay the money and etc and they can pay everybody but uh you see that there can be value in those kind of things for the populace to absorb and whatever um i mean I'd, maybe that's yes. a dumb question and a loaded question and well that's you know, so what i'm talking about it sounded like a statement it didn't even sound like a question well <laughs> <laughs> How do you feel when I say this big, long <laughs> diatribe of words? I guess when it comes to, um, well, there's docudramas and then there's movies. Right. Uh, I don't know if Dahmer is a docudrama or a movie. I think it's a, it's like a is movie. Is it a comp? Okay. So 
it's a it's you know it's a reenactment a drama a drama yeah i okay. believe but you know. so i and if if i'm not mistaken a docudrama is you usually have a narrator or a leader and then you have that's you know narrating the situation and then you have these little side shots where people are acting things out right this is more of a movie type thing okay i haven't seen it i know there's people that are upset by it i and i don't really know why i'm assuming just through hearsay and through what people have you know, maybe what I scrolled past on social media or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, the victims' families weren't consulted. I don't know. Okay, I can't speak. I to think it. I think that, and I could be wrong, but I thought that that's Why aren't what we the a bunch of information. Was. Well, it's because I, we haven't. I mean, I, well, I'm wondering. I guess the you flavor, brought up the thing I haven't seen. <laughs> well, I, I didn't. I guess it, my question doesn't need you to see it. Like when you see, you know, fictionalized versions, movie versions of uh-huh. serial killers. And the serial killer is the main character. So, like, based on a true story stuff? Yeah. Okay. Do you, I mean, as a researcher that's looking for facts and wants Mm -hmm. to present, does that... No. I won't. I won't look at that, no. Oh, okay. So, you're like, fuck that. Well, it's not that I, uh, if I want to watch it... It's not that it shouldn't exist or something. No, no, that's fine. (laughs) Um, I, I think it's great, but I won't go there. If I'm watching, if I'm seeking out true crime, I'm seeking it out for a reason. And it's usually to learn something. It's to, um, you know, for for a subject matter for the next podcast, for some research, um, to fill my brain with more statistics and information. Um, it's not for entertainment. Right. I'm really not looking for entertainment. That's the thing. It's like that dirty little secret. Because right. a lot of people are like, no, that's entertainment. It's fucked to me. And just uh, like, just a like lot of, thrashes, right. Well, they, it is. And there's, movies. there's nothing wrong with that. Um, and a lot of people might... Uh, argue that it sounds like I'm seeking out entertainment because I'm watching it. Um, I'm not take, but the thing is, while I'm watching it, nine times out of ten, I'll pause it, whatever it is that I'm watching, and I will actually pull up the Wikipedia page, or I'll pull up, you know, news articles, and I'll save it because this is great for a future episode. <laughs> nice. So it is research. You know, yeah, um, and most of the time I'm not watching it, even if it's a show, I'm not watching it. We're not actively and watching it. No, it's, I, it's, it's on and I'm doing other things okay. because I'm listening to it and I'm, it's going in my brain. Okay. So now, some of it is like the music and the production value and the person's voice and very much they so could, they could be randomly <clears throat> just saying just about anything. And no, that's <laughs> not true. Right. No. It has I'm to be. I'm just trying to see where the line I'm is. A, I'm engaged in the content. It has to be about the subject matter I'm looking for. Okay. Well, I have because one more question. Because they can't talk to me about knitting because I won't be listening to that. <laughs> well, if they start with true crime and they switch to knitting. I'll be turning notice. it off and finding another program. <laughs> That'd be funny. In the middle of a show, they just start weaving it into a different subject completely. Just because they, they're <laughs> like, well, just to see what happens. Probably. Just see oh, the, my gosh. Our, is our audience awake? <clears throat> Let's see what happens. I don't know. I would, I would, you would do that in a meeting. I would definitely propose that and get fired from being a TV person. All right. I do have one more question for you. Okay. I actually have a bunch more, but I just want to do one more. Oh, okay. Today. And we'll, we'll do one of these checkpoints next year sometime. Okay. And we'll see where you're at after another year of researching this stuff. But after this full year, mm-hmm. I mean, how has it affected you? What do, how would you say you look do you look at the world different? You know, um, Yes and no. I look at the world differently because it was almost like 
<laughs> Although I did skip skip weeks and we did fun things. Mm-hmm. Um, during that year period, I had a mission to basically dive into true crime <clears throat> and the dark side of humanity. Some of the worst ones ever. For, for a full year. Yeah. Every week. Um, and even if I wasn't presenting this information to you guys, to the listeners, it doesn't mean I wasn't researching right. because it takes a while to do a script. It takes a while to get that information in. So always looking, I'm always looking into things. I'm always taking notes and, you know, saving right. things and writing. So even though I wasn't presenting the information, I was still doing the research. Mm-hmm. So basically I'm steeped in true crime for over a year. That's something it's something I've never really done. Even though <clears throat> for 30 years, um, my primary source of, um, I guess, media, uh, entertainment, I guess, if you want to put that name, put, put that tag on there, we, has, we been, has been true crime. And I fall asleep to it. It's the only time I did. I don't anymore. But it's the only time that I wasn't listening or watching for educational reasons, even though my brain was still absorbing it. Mm -hmm. It was more because, for whatever reason, having that in the background made me feel comfortable. Right. I've seen that a lot. People talk about that online a lot. Yeah. Like, yeah, I just like it on. Right. And so it's on during the day. I'm researching, blah, blah, blah. I put it on. It did put it on at night. Um, to fall asleep to it because it just brought me comfort. And they make like 80 shows a year, don't they? Aren't there like hundreds, oh, there's and hundreds so many. of episodes of each of these things? Way more. Yeah, there's a bunch. They're never going to run out because human beings are constantly right. we're killing always, people and being cunts about we're, it. We're doing stupid things. Yeah. So, But I did find, I guess it was sometime between August and October, somewhere in there. Uh, the TV is still on when I go to bed, <laughs> but it's on mute. Right. Oh, that's good. Just images. Isn't that interesting? Yeah. Um, So it's not about the voice or the Not anymore. And on occasion, I will turn it up. It's, yeah, it lights up the bedroom. Right. You know, and it's better. You just need a nightlight, wife. That's all you need. It's, uh, right. But there's activity going on, too. A blinky blinky nightlight. It feels a little less alone, I guess. I don't know. Whenever I would keep the TV on, I always felt like I was, there's that fear of missing out stuff where I just wanted, I'm like, oh. Because I was one of those C-SPAN. I watched oh. C-SPAN and, See, and I, the news I, and shit. So when I, I get in that stuff. When I get into bed, I immediately close my eyes. You know, unless I can't because I've got insomnia or something. But mm. when I'm in bed, I'm not watching it. And I have no interest in watching it. But I want it on because I want the flickering. I want the activity. I want uh, the light and the dark fluctuation. For some reason, that brings me comfort. A solid black room makes me anxious as fuck. A solid bright room, I can't sleep. Right. So I need that fluctuation of light and dark. And there's no sound anymore, though. I just have the fan on. I wonder how many true crime shows are getting huge numbers just because people are like, you're the light source. <laughs> you're the, you're the, the, the sound of the fan. But it's just your, your announcer right, guy. Right. The narrator's well, just... I know. That's uh, all you need. I know. Uh, that and a dog to pet. Those are the only things that a person really needs. I know that they're getting lots of views from me because of that. Yep. So You can't be the only one. And now you asked me um, how it's affected me. Yeah, I want to actually, let's go even a little deeper than that. Okay. What are the drawbacks? Oh, are, the, are there any drawbacks? <clears throat> or have you just yes. been having a blast? No. 
there are drawbacks. Okay. <laughs> when, no matter how prepared you are, um, and how enjoyable it might be, and how uh, compelled you are to gain this information, you, meaning me, <laughs> I'm talking about myself here, um, no matter how compelled I am, and how interesting I find the subject matter, um, and, and how much I do enjoy the genre, um, you can get too much. Mm-hmm. And too much happens mm-hmm. when you put yourself on a schedule. Now, it used to be that I'd watch for you know, reasons of, oh, I want to learn something, or right. this is really interesting. On your and, own schedule, on, random. Right. Yeah. And so I would put it on, and I'd watch it, and you know, it might not have been interesting the whole way, and I didn't want to find out what had happened at the end. you know. So I'd skip to the next one, or maybe I would make a phone call and talk to my mom or maybe I would turn it off and I wouldn't turn it back on, you know, for whatever the TV or whatever it might be. I may not pay attention for three or four days, you know, Mm -hmm. but then I'd come back to it because I was looking for some entertainment or I wanted to, I heard this thing and I wanted to learn more about it for a year. That's all I've watched every day. Mm -hmm. And I never realized how dark my perception of the world could become. Mm -hmm. And it's very interesting when you are on a schedule where you eat, breathe and sleep crime because at a choice Mm -hmm. it's, it's, I chose to do this because it's interesting to me and I want to share the information that I consumed. I want to regurgitate it into all y'all's ears and I want to share the information that I learned. Um, But when you do that, at least when I do that, I want to do a good job. Mm-hmm. So I want to make you sure do that I do a good job. Well, thank you. I you, want to make you sure do do. <laughs> I want to make sure I have a good show. I want to make sure that it's com- at least as complete as I can make it. Although I do, uh, we're not trying pur- to make it sixteen hours. No, yeah. I purposely leave a bunch of shit out just yeah. because. But when when I decided to embrace that responsibility, I'm going to do it a hundred percent, and I did. And I realized I was fucking anxious and depressed. Yeah. I needed to break that up. Mm-hmm. And so what, and I'm not saying anxious and depressed every day, but my faith in my fellow human plummeted. Oh, mainly because um, I, I was steeped for all the months and months and months. Immersed, yeah. In, I, was, I was immersed in the dark side of humanity. And as compelled as I was to do it and as interesting as I find it, um, it still affected my psyche enough that I began, I, I would, I've never been paranoid. I'm not a paranoid person. Mm-hmm. And I wouldn't say that I'm paranoid now either. Um, but untrusting. I've yeah. always been uh, somewhat untrusting. But even more so now, what I did find and it could be this all started uh, around COVID time, mm-hmm. you know, when we were locked in our homes mm-hmm. <laughs> and we weren't allowed to leave the house or we weren't allowed to go anywhere. We just had to stay home. Mm-hmm. Um, it started there, uh, my desire to remain in the house right, um, and enjoy my time at home. Mm-hmm. And and then all the restrictions were lifted and I was like, yeah, I like that so much. I'm, I'm just going to keep doing that. Just stay home. I just want to stay home. <laughs> and so I've done that. And now it could be I've stayed home for so long. I have zero desire to go out into the world. 
it could very well be. She's not social no more. Well, I'm I, I'm very social. I you just too. don't want to leave the house and go be social. Right. So fair enough. You know, um, but I found that it kind of goes hand in hand with diving so deep into the dark side of humanity. Also, for this full year, I absolutely don't want to go outside. I want to be outside. I live outside. I don't want to go out into the front of the house and get in a car and go somewhere where there's other humans. Right. And so not because I don't trust them. It's just, I have no interest in being around them. Well, that's, (laughs) I don't know them. I believe that's called misanthropy. But having no interest in being around other humans. Mm -hmm. Uh, Well, misanthropy is a hatred of human misanthropy. I I don't hate humans. Mm Mm-hmm. Just I, want, I, I just want to be around. I, I don't, don't hate ha- children. I just don't want to see one around me. I don't get it away. I don't like puppies. I just don't own them and don't want to hear about yours. <laughs> <laughs> I, I'm I playing. Don't, I'm putting. I'm being. You're, you're being very hyperbolic. I'm putting um, words in your I mouth. I don't for the hate future. humans. I absolutely I don't. don't hate humans. No, you're a wonderful I just, friend and, and wife. I I have no desire to actively seek them out. Right. That's Fair. all. Fucking amen, sister. I mean, I seek you out. I seek my boy out. Right, you know, I wish you guys would. There's a whole handful of people that I seek out because, you know, I love y'all. Right. Um, they've been th- vetted over years. Yeah, and, but you know right. what? There's, yeah, I, I have no desire on a Wednesday afternoon to just get in the car and, I don't know, let's just go to the bar. Hello, strangers. I'm going to get a little inebriated yeah. and see if I can trust you. All right, let's go yeah. get in the car and let's just go to Safeway. Do we need anything? No. I just want a little social interaction. No. Or the park or, you know, a concert. I just, I think I, I, <laughs> I think I overdosed for like four years on, on live people. entertainment. And, uh, oh I, yeah, yeah. Before, I, I, before oh, the lockdown. It was like six days, seven days, six days a week at least. Yeah. And I, over, I OD'd before lockdown and, uh, yeah, I don't want live entertainment anymore. Yeah. I, we're kind of going into our personal stuff here a little bit, but I don't know if I did say this, but for four years I tried, I was interested because you know, I can sing and I can play music mm-hmm. and guitar and all that stuff. And you did fantastic, but I wanted to see, well, how many you, shows did want, you do? Remember counting them? It was, yeah, we did. We did 263 in a year, I yeah. think is what we did. Yeah. In one year in a, in a, yeah, 360, 263 days out of 365 yeah. was in front of a crowd with music going. Yeah. We're talking 10 at a time though, as far as a crowd, but I wanted to see it cause it's just an interesting thing. My mm-hmm. parents raised me in small business atmosphere and stuff and so i wanted to see if you could play if you can make a living in your region playing right. that kind of music playing covers and your originals interspersed and doing right it. so All right and uh it's very difficult it's you very did difficult. it though yeah well we had to, we we shared with other artists and that was the cool thing we mm-hmm. wanted to, you know blah 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 that was that or, was a or thing. i drug them into my own personal hell it, you know but I paid him a little bit of money for it, so. <laughs> but not that much, you know, not enough probably for six of one, half a dozen, another, another, you know, all right, we've exactly. diverted away. I didn't mean to. No, that's, that's great. Yeah. Um, what, how, do, how has it affected me? I'm not sure yet. Okay. I do know it has changed me as a person. Is it going to continue, uh, in the future? Will I remain changed? I don't know. Yeah, we'll find um, out. Is it bad for my mental health? I don't know. <laughs> we'll find out. I know some weeks. 
it is bad for my mental health. And I know this because I'll come up from my research and in the middle of script writing and I, and I'm purposely stepping away from true crime, which is my favorite genre Mm -hmm. because I need a break. Um, because the darkness is real and I'll come upstairs and I'll see the, the sunshine and I'll see my son's face and I'll see your face. And I'm just like, I'm just coming to say hi. I'm writing and I needed a break. I just want to hug. And I just want to come over here and sit next to you. Yeah. So I'm looking for, I'm actually seeking out light from another source. Right. Outside of myself. <laughs> so it's not just the easiest research in the world. Sometimes right. you got to mentally it's, prepare for it. Yeah. Well, we appreciate it. I always like learning about these things. We are all on this together, and it is something that we're all interested in. Yeah. It's kind of been fun looking at the genre itself mm-hmm. and, and your world. But mm-hmm. last question. Oh, okay. What episode would you say that you felt this way the most, that we're talking about the darkness and the like, the most immersed in from doing the research and the most invested in maybe? In, uh, you may have spoke about it in the past episode. You know... Out of all of the, and we're talking just the true crime. Yeah. Okay. Uh, Out of all of the true crime episodes that I did, the one that had the most effect on me um, emotionally was, what's his name? The child killer from Monster of the Andes. Oh, yeah. Ramirez. I forget his name. name Monster of the Andes, though. That guy. Yeah. Uh, That one was some of the most difficult research I've done. Yeah, he was. It was very. A couple hundred people, right? It was really hard because it was children. That's right. Um, So that one was the darkest for me, Mm -hmm. really. Um, The one that I was most immersed in and the one that affected me the most was Ted Bundy. Hmm. Oh, yeah. And. The, and I know why, uh, at least I know a portion as to why it affected me the way that it did, because the way he affected everyone, um, he affected me in the same way. He's just a normal guy. Yeah. And that is disturbing. I think that is the most disturbing personally for me when somebody is such a monster but he out, looked like a normal guy. But He's outwardly... Certainly not a normal guy. No, I know. He oh, yeah. looked... But I'm talking about everything about him, aside from his crimes. I mean, he went to school, he, the, what he drove, the way he lived his life, take the crime out of it. Oh, yeah. Um, yeah, yeah. Family, kind of he was a, the dad, he was a son, he was a scholar, he was, you know, he had, he carried, he worked these jobs, he did, he did stuff outwardly no one would have suspected. Yeah. And he also made friends with some of, you know, with um, some of the politicians in the area and mm. actors and actress, famous people. Right. Um, he was hobnobbing with the president, if I'm not, no, it was a congressman. So when you have a person like that who is such a, a predator, but they are so benign on the outside. Yeah, great They're actor. very, very, very dangerous. Yeah. And, and that's there's no way to really tell. It's, right. It's very, I mean, even the, all the consumption of this stuff, mm-hmm. it's still very difficult to tell a Ted Bundy it, before, but until after. It, that's, it, this is not something, a Ted Bundy archetype, it's not something I'd be able to arm myself with. Right. It, because that archetype is predatory and will remain predatory because they are charming and 
unassuming. Um, and they present themselves in a way where they're educated and safe and, um, you know, kind. They seem to be all of these things. Mm-hmm. Uh, and they're the ultimate predator. They're the, in my personal opinion, I think that archetype is the most dangerous human. Um, we did two episodes because, on yes, two or three. Yeah. because you can't arm yourself. Really? You can't. <laughs> you can't look at that episode and look at his history, those two episodes, look at his history and learn, okay, what can I put in my toolbox for future experiences to arm myself against this person? You can't. Mm-hmm. Because the red flags, the the only red flags were really Good. his victims and his wife. Yeah. That's it. Yeah. Yeah, everything else was the opposite of a red flag. And everything that we know is from jailhouse interviews about this guy. Um, things that he has shared with us on purpose. And from his, uh, you know, psych evals and the police and all of that. But the inner workings of Ted Bundy, what we know uh, from his from his stuff is the things that he's chosen to share. Yeah, What he's taken with him. He's full of shit too, right? Well, what he, what? Yeah, he's you know grandstander, mm-hmm. um, but what he's taken with himself, you know, what the the secrets he's taken to the grave, we'll never know those. Mm-hmm. And you know, I know they wanted to do research on on brains and stuff, trying to figure out why they do what they do. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't know. Most his brain is in some lab somewhere. Right. Most yeah. dangerous, I think, predator. Uh, that I've done research on so far, although there have been a lot. Mm. But the one that's most impactful was the monster of the Andes, Pedro Lopez. Yeah. Sorry, it just popped into my head. Pedro, yeah, Pedro, that's right. Mm-hmm. And both of those two are the, right at the top of our of the lit, the meter that we made yeah. to kind of quantify. Mm-hmm. You know, that's for our own curiosity. Right. We haven't how, done that for a while. How yeah. dangerous were they? Yeah. You like, know, what? to the public, because media sensationalizes shit all the time. Right. Um, you know, and as well, they should, they're an, they're no longer news. They're an entertainment source. Yep. Infotainment. So, yeah. And they want, they, they want your clicks. They want your views. Yeah. So the more exciting it is. And I say now, meaning, you know, the past hundred years, they have to stay in business somehow. Yeah. So, you know, they, they put that stuff out there. And, uh, if it were just, you know, not sensationalized, people wouldn't be reading it anyways. Right. We try and find the cleanest so I, piece of shit in the sea of shit. So I want to find out how much of what the media said, because we have these preconceived ideas of these stories and these individuals, at least in the history of true crime, how much of it was true? Because I found several times when I was looking into things that my idea of what it was about or why or how or the things they did was wrong. Yeah. After I did research, I'm like, well, them motherfuckers. <laughs> That's almost you know? all of history is that. I know. It's, it's like that wasn't thing, right yeah. at all. Yeah. Well, that's kind of how we are. I know. We humans uh, so I wanna, you know, drop the, the ball in a few places. The dipshit files is to pull that. The reason why we have that aspect to the dipshit meter is to find out how dangerous was this criminal actually to the general public. Yeah. And yeah. How, how far away from wrong can we get? Mm-hmm. Yep. Well, yeah. thank you for indulging us with uh, thank you some for inside shit on the dipshit files, I'd say. Well, thank you for this. Um, I like the checkpoint idea. Yep. 
decompress you know, a little bit. Yeah, touch base and, where, and where, where are we? Well, as people that listen to the show all the time or mm-hmm. that listen to all of our shows, mm-hmm. you know, this will be interesting over the years mm-hmm. if they're listening to us for multiple years. Yeah. Or if they're binging us in a weekend or whatever and they hear all of these. Right. Uh, how far off the deep end do you go? <laughs> <laughs> but this will be a good spot. We'll do this every, uh, maybe every six months or so. We'll, we'll come back and It might we'll be a good idea. Uh, where we're at with stuff. Because I'd like to know where... For, I'd like to know where you're at too, because Shit. I might be delving in, researching, writing, and delivering. But you're listening. I left Time Suck in in a complicated, get me away from true crime oh, kind of thing, mm-hmm. right? I mean, I I did it for two and a half, th- almost mm-hmm. three years, mm-hmm. and it was a lot to process, just mm-hmm. like what you said. Yeah, I, I could relate to what you said a lot, and. I'm just like you. I spent a lot of energy and a lot of my time. I'm kind of a psycho when I want to do something. Me too. <laughs> so, so when I decided to work for Dan, mm-hmm. I was like, that's what I do all now. In. Yeah, he's paying me enough to where it's like, that's all I do. I play I play my band. I'm a husband and a dad. And I fucking, I time suck research. Yeah. And I don't think Dan was like, I didn't really expect all that, bro. Because I think I went a little hard. You know, I watched yeah. all the doc For the first like year, I was like, I watched every documentary. I read every, yeah. as much of a book much of the mini books sometimes on these things right. as I could. And Dan's like, no, calm down kind of thing later. Right. But yeah, after a while you just get like, I can't handle another piece of shit. Mm-hmm. Like looking about, learning about their life. And I would much, much rather listen to this than research it. But you know, we love doing this for you guys. Yes. Thank you for fun. listening. Yeah. We appreciate all of you, all the people that help us with the show, mm-hmm. uh, all of our people on Patreon. It's a huge thing we appreciate you guys uh we haven't done merch for a long time we'll probably do some new merch you guys have sent us a bunch of requests so we'll probably get to those soon don chris Bodie, mm-hmm. we appreciate you guys our trusted dirt triad yes we, i said that so many times and now what i think about it, it's like what a silly thing <laughs> but what an awesome, it's an awesome thing they're like super awesome people to be part of what we're doing but uh <laughs> the t3 yeah also pj and Minnie. we should make it a t5 since they're helping so much yep. and all of the people all the admins that help us our social media scat army mm-hmm. something like that mm-hmm. right info at scatcast.com that's how you get a hold of us and as always we'll talk at you in the future it'll seem like the present bye bye Bing bong. bong. Oh. <laughs> oh.